Hello and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the weekly manga podcast where every week we read everything on Visit Jen and Jump website, as well as another collective volume of manga. I'm your host, Jeremy. And I'm your host, Kevin. And this week we read Magical Girl Apocalypse to close out Horror Month. Yep. Before we get to that, though, we have some Shonen Jump to talk about. I have kind of a sore throat and three podcasts to record today, so wish me luck. I am going to be drinking a lot of Coke, I think, and tea, and maybe some. I'm going to have to go for some Gatorade between recordings, if the 28 seconds I've talked so far is any indication. Gotcha. So let's just go ahead and get into it, starting with One Piece, Chapter 959, Samurai. The nice thing about this voice is it is slightly easier to do an Aku impression, although that Aku impression is not as good as my normal one. You're right. So... This chapter of One Piece I felt a little disappointed in. I would say the same. Because it was like, oh yeah, we're going to reveal what happened, except not. Not, and it's also completely different from what we thought they were implying. Yeah. Like, Orochi knew the plan, basically, and yeah, and tried so he, to stop it. Yeah, so he's like, I destroyed all the bridges, so if nobody can make it to the port, then nobody can defeat me. And then it ends with, we're going to enter a flashback into Lord Odin's past. Uh-huh. It's like, well, this is kind of cool and all, but that was like a big letdown off of like, oh, it turns out that all the events had happened yesterday. Too bad yesterday is going to be like six months from now. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's just a really weird pacing choice that One Piece made. Yeah. Yeah. So not one of my favorite chapters of One Piece and just not. Not quite as good as I'm used to. Still not not bad by any stretch of the imagination, but for a One Piece chapter, it was a little, oh, I guess we're doing this. Especially after it was built up to, yeah, it just seems really odd. And now we're going, like you said, to Odin's backstory, which will be, you know, six months long or whatever. Yeah, and like, I'm cool with that. Like, I like the flashbacks. That's how One Piece works. Yep. And so I was like, eh, this will be fine. It's just a little annoying being like, well... I kind of would have been more fine if instead of setting up the all the events happened yesterday, like if you ended the last panel with the seven samurai standing at the shore and then they have the flashback into Lord Odin's life and then you go through all of this stuff, like maybe just rearrange some of those pieces. Yeah, I agree it was strange. Which brings us to Demon Slayer chapter 179, Feelings for Older Brother, Feelings for Younger Brother, which is also a chapter I found kind of disappointing. I think mostly because I'm not as familiar with all these characters as other Demon Slayer characters. Yeah, I but, thought it was really nice. But like in particular, the guy who eats demons dying kind of came out of nowhere to me. Like, I didn't think he was in mortal danger. He was cut in half. Well, okay, but he has demon regeneration. Yeah, except no. He, he hasn't regenerated anything ever. Like, he's been eating demons, but he's not a demon. Okay, I thought he could regenerate like that. No. Could. Usually it's just a little bit of increased strength and speed. The kind of like blood art ability that he gained in this battle was the coolest thing that he's had so far. So yeah, I was like, well, of course that guy's dying. He's been cut in half. And you have the stone hosher being like, well, he's eaten enough demons. Maybe he'll regenerate. No. (laughs) So instead he disintegrated like one. That's true. Yeah. So I actually really like this chapter of Demon Slayer because we have the emotional moment of, so the wind Hashira and the Genji. I want to say, I don't think that's quite right, but the guy who's been eating demons are brothers and the wind Hashiro was kind of like mean and aloof to him to try and protect him. Like, 
no, I'm going to be a demon slayer, like to protect you. And so he, he was kind of in that. I had to push you away to protect you because demons were always after me because of my blood. And he was just really emotional when his brother was like, I just wanted to be like you and hang out with you. Like, I just wanted us to be friends. I realize that you're the kindest person ever, even though everyone else thinks you're mean. And it's because you were pushing me away to you're pushing everyone else away so that they don't get targeted. Yeah. I don't know. It just didn't land for me. I didn't think it was bad or anything. It just really didn't land. Because, I, th- like I said, I think it's that these are characters I'm not as familiar with. Yep. They weren't in the first season of the anime. Yeah. And well, I haven't had a lot of time with them. I guess one of them technically was. But Yeah, it was like the denouement for Haikyuu last week, where I was like, it's a denouement with a bunch of characters that I don't know anything about. So, I like, I lose all the impact of anything that's going on. And so, I can see why you would not enjoy this one as much. Real quick, there was no Haikyuu this week, right? There was I not. just realized I didn't read it. Okay. No, I, I had the same thing. I was like, I'm, I'm missing a chapter. And I was like, at first I thought Haikyuu was gone off of the list. I was like, wait, where'd Haikyuu go? Wait. All the monthlies just updated, so it's way down there. Yeah, and that was the problem. And so I was like, and I just skipped over it the first time. I was like, wait, it, is, is it off Shonen Jump? Is this some weird glitch in their like library system? Because I know they don't have all of Haikyuu, but they mentioned that they were trying to get more of it up. So I was like, oh, maybe it like temporarily went down while they were adding more chapters to their online library. Well, that brings us to something I did enjoy, which is My Hero Academia number 247, Status Report. What did you think about Hero this week? I've got to rem- I read these like four days ago, so I've got to remember. So this one starts out with Endeavor being like, hey, kids, what are your goals? Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, this one was awesome. Midoriya goes on for, like, a page of text about how he wants to be able to whip things now. He's like, I need to learn how to use my power. And so, I love, he goes off over analyzing himself. Endeavor is like, mm-hmm, I see. <laughs> and, like, actually, like, I don't remember what his exact response is, but he, like, actually understood what Deku was rambling about and was like, that's that that's not a bad plan. All right, I can see where to take you for this. As like his sidekicks are like, oh man, that's gonna go over Endeavor's head, and I can't understand that kid's mumbling. And Endeavor's is like, ah, yes, someone like me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which is like again a really good like Endeavor. Not it's not even a character change, but it's a revealing more about him. Yep. He's so brutish, and so this is the obvious way to go with him, but it still really works. Yep. And of course, Baku goes like, I want to see what my limits are. Yeah, I, I'm like I'm the best, so I want to see what I can't do that you yeah. can. I really liked that aspect where he was like, what is your goal? I want to see what I can't do. And like, at first it sounds, you know, that sounds like a stupid goal, but then he explained it better. And it was like, all right, that makes a lot of sense. Like, you know, I, my quirk is super powerful, so I need to figure out what I can't do. And instead of trying to figure out what I can do, like I need to, like you said, find my limits, which was really neat. And then Chet is like, hey, you forgot to ask me. I'm here to use you to get stronger. And then Endeavor's like, aw, I thought we were going to like have father-son times. Now yep. I'm a sad dad, Endeavor. Yep. He's like, well, I mean, I was being optimistic with those thoughts, I guess. Yeah. And I'm like, aw, poor sad dad, Endeavor. Yep. And then he's like, okay, kids, the goal for your entire work story is to beat one villain faster than I can. So I guess I make everything into a competition. So that's what we're going to do. Well, I mean, it it makes a lot of sense where he goes through the explanation of, you know, why that's kind of the 
the thing like, all right, my hero agency deals with, there are three main things, battle, evacuation, and rescue. And he was like, most agencies tend to focus on one. My agency does all three. And we have a ton of ground to cover and all this other stuff. So, you, like, the thing for being a pro hero is understanding the environment that you're in. And so in order to evolve as pro heroes, you guys need more experience. And so to help you with that, in order to, like, this work study, you're going to try and beat a villain faster than I can. Yeah. Which I thought was just really cool. It also kind of keys into the American superhero idea of most American heroes, especially the DC ones, have one town. Yep. That is kind of a character that's where they specialize in. And that's a cool angle we haven't really seen with My Hero because of its school setting that is kind of brought in here. Yep. Although, I like, it It makes a lot of sense from the world that that's exactly how their society works as well. Uh-huh. Like, I've got this hero agency, so I cover, like, Shinjuku Ward of Tokyo or whatever. All right, this is my agency building. This is what I do. Or maybe, uh-huh. like, oh, I'm the maritime guy, so I'm, like, constantly working in the water. So it would make sense that, like, people who aren't, like, All Might and <laughs> flying around everywhere saving everybody. It's like, no, I'm... you. You pick, like, a spot and work that. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Which brings us to the Promised Neverland Chapter 155, Resurgence. Which I have to remember because I read, like, three days ago. This uh, was weird. So this is the one where the the queen starts regenerating. Yeah. And then another mass of all of the people that she has ever eaten come to life. And then they at the end... It looks like a version of the queen with a head without a face, like just completely blank, comes out. And they kind of think, maybe the royals have more than one core. Because that's the whole thing of, to kill a demon, you destroy the core that's in their head, usually right behind their eye. And Norman was like, I saw her core get destroyed. There's no way she could be regenerating. And then somebody is like, what if demons have more than one? Or what if the royals have more than one core? Also, Zazie's a girl. Yep. That's important information we got this week. And Sonia and Mukuji are oh. <laughs> healing. Mukuji cuts off his arm and throws it at a demon to see if that will like make it stop rampaging. Well, because they're like, well, you need to ingest my blood. Or you need to ingest our blood in order to get the healing effects. And they're like, well, how are we going to make the wild ones ingest your blood? Well, here, try this. And he just throws his, cuts off his arm and throws it at it, and it works. Like, yeah, all right. I hope I don't have to throw my arm at every rampaging demon. Eh, Hachimara seems okay with it. Speaking of which, next we have Samurai 8, Chapter 23. What good will that do you? Which I also thought was a very good chapter. Yeah. It kind of, I think, takes the Hachimara was really good at that video game thing maybe a little too far. Just that, a little bit. That's a trope I like, and I like it in this series, but... They now go as far as to say Daruma made the video game to... I mean, he like, we knew that before. We did? I don't remember that detail. Yeah, I, I do. I remember him mentioning that he made the video game as, like, part of a testing ground. Like, that was one of the reasons why he found Hachimaru. Gotcha. I don't remember that, but okay. Because he found him before he was even a samurai. So, like, well, that that's was true. One, that was one of the things of, like, hey, this guy's, like, the number one ranked player. And I did, like, the video because it was a fighting game really helped complement the my sensei and aikido calls it the chess game of martial arts where like at extremely high levels both of your physical abilities are to the point where it's not about 
the opening move. It's like who makes the opening move and how. So there's like this entire chess game into how you approach something. So him like thinking through that, like, all right, he's going to probably do something like this and then do this and then I can do this. Yeah. In fighting games, they call that Yomi. Okay. Which it's a Japanese term, which I think just means the mind. That sounds right. But yeah, it's very big in the fighting game community, that idea as well. Yeah. And so it was just really cool with him being like, oh, because this game was so complex, I'm actually able to like fight real battles with the knowledge that I gained in the fighting game. Like, I do love where he was like, I can just use the five frame back turn combo. So Hachimaru basically gets through the rest of the game until it's, it's only him, Daruma, and Ryu. Ryu. I was like, it's not just Ryu, is it? It uh, is, though. Yep. Also, he gives Anne her own little doggy, split off from his little cat doggy, and it's very adorable. Yep. Like, hey, stick with her and protect her. Yep. Well, I also like the the one samurai that he defeated that decides to just bow out. It has that parting advice of, like, you need to... Your princess is going to be your weak point. Like, everyone's going to attack her, so you need to be better prepared to protect her. Yeah, and he's also like, just ask your master about losing a princess. Yep. Which is, uh, and we get some Daruma flashback stuff. That's pretty nice. Yeah. We also find out that samurai was looking for a kid samurai hanging out with a cat. Yep. And then he's like, yeah, it wasn't him, though. I'm sure of that. Yeah. Which is weird. Well, I'm either guessing that it was them, or it's going to be one of those things of like, no, there's a different yeah. samurai hanging out with a different cat. Like, that'd be funny. I can't decide which I think would be weirder. If he's like, oh, it was them after all, or if there's another kid samurai and cat duo. Yep. But I guess Daruma could have been, we don't really know what made Daruma into a cat, because in the flashbacks, he is not one. No, but they, they made mention of the fact that the only way you'll be able to find the keys is using your inner sight, so that kind of makes me think that because like his cat body because he's mentioned before it's just like he's it's like his key is in this body as opposed to his normal one is blind and so maybe that had something to do with it like i had to restrict myself in order to see better like that one guy from kill a kill yeah (laughs) and at the end of the series he'll unblind himself because obviously that's better yeah it's like all right listen the inner sight is cool at all but like why not have eyes are good well, I, I do like the idea where it's like, why not have both? Oh, yeah, that no, that makes sense, yeah. Anything else you wanted to say about Samurai 8? No, like I said, it was it was really cool. I liked it. That will bring us to We Never Learn question 132. On the dusky riverbank, she finally rose to the X. So we have a mischief dog in this chapter. It's, yep, it's the same mischief dog that helped Yu-Gi-Oh out a couple chapters ago. I would argue it was not a mischief dog then. It was no. a very helpful dog then. Yes, but it's the same dog. Yes. It leads to shenanigans. It jumps into a boat. Yep. So Uraka, and who is walking it and taking care of it, and Yu-Gi-Oh have to get in the boat and chase it. Uh, they have to be very intimate in order to row properly. Because, of course. They are very sad that Uraka's English is very good. She meets some foreigners that I guess she talked to before. Yeah. And she's able to communicate with them just fine. Yep. And then they're both just really sad that she's going to move away and they can't talk about it. Yep. Which well, I think is leading to a part two, but we'll see. I think so. This was not called part one, though, so. One of the things, well, they did that with the Snow Flurries one. Uh-huh. Like, it wasn't called part one. It was just like, here's this chapter, then here's this chapter, part two. But one of the things that the foreigners say is like, oh, let's leave the cute <laughs> couple alone. And that, like, spurs Araka on. And she, just, like, suddenly starts power rowing to the dudes. Like, what was that? What did you say? <laughs> 
Yeah. That is pretty good. Like always, pretty good. We never learn. Yep. Which, last but not least, leads us to Act Age, scene 86, Desperation. Which is also, I mean, it's kind of the same uh, Act Age has been the last couple of weeks. Yeah. We get more from Ogami's viewpoint. And he starts to have regrets about leaving Japan earlier, which seems like a little bit, not xenophobic, but I didn't really get the point they were making. So the the thing I got was he regretted more the way he left Japan, because apparently he decked his producer when he was mentioning the leaving stars. And he was like, if I had just talked to the guy, it felt like he burned bridges as he left Japan. So it wasn't like, it wasn't necessarily that I left Japan. It was the fact that I burned all my bridges as I did so. That kind of, that I'm regretting, like I wish I had been a little bit more cool-headed and not just decked the guy and ruined everything. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It just didn't do a whole lot for me, that little bit of flashback. Yeah, it didn't it, make sense in this instance for him to be feeling regret, I guess, Yeah. given the like where they are on the play. It doesn't really mesh. Yep. I'm... This was a pretty good chapter of Act Age, but I think it was just a slightly missed beat because it was like, oh, yeah, they're, you know, we're doing the acting together. And then, all right, Ogami is going to have to play the insect now, but it's still going to be the exact same dude. And so it was the the other guy, uh, Ari, uh, Aki, the guy who we started with and you're yep. we like, we don't like this guy who's the chameleon on this of the stage or whatever is like, Oh yeah, well he's only ever able to play himself. So on the stage, it's going to, he's going to be useless. Everyone's going to be like, so that's just Ogami again. You know, it's like, you know, Will Smith plays Will Smith in every movie he's in. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, there he is. Will Smith again. Like you can put makeup on him or like have him trying to do other stuff, but it's like, yeah, it's it's still just Will Smith being Will Smith. Uh Uh-huh. Um, I am really curious to see when Team B goes, how they're going to act the play out. Yes. Because obviously this has got a lot of focus and it needs to, but it's been really intense. And just the way story structure works, Team B should probably be the better one since we're seeing them second. Yep. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how that goes. The cliffhanger where it's like, oh, what's his acting going to be like? It was like, well, you already brought this up like two or three chapters ago with the same character mentioning oh, I don't have to worry about trying to out-act Ogami. Like, sure, his Monkey King character might be better than mine, but the other versions of him that I play, or that we are going to have to play, are going to be way better for me because he can only ever play himself. Yeah. I don't know. It seemed, like you said, like kind of a misstep. I didn't hate the chapter. Yeah, it, like, it wasn't as good as it's been the last couple of weeks, but it's not like it was bad. It was just kind of like, all right, so here's, like, Another little, like, stutter step on the storyline, like, not a full thing. Like, this could have been, I I realize it couldn't have been, but it felt like it could have been rolled into a two-parter kind of thing. Like, oh, we could have just, like, rolled this all into one chapter and been good. But because of limited space, that's impossible. Uh-huh. All right. That will do it for the chapters we're going to talk about since my story thread is getting worse and I want to hurry through. So we are going to move on to Jump Card.
Jumpstart is the segment where we rank everything we read this week from our least favorite up through our favorite. 17 chapters this week because we're missing Haikyuu and Hell's Paradise this week. So, Kevin, what do you have at number 17? Mintama, both times. What do you mean both times? There were two chapters. There were? I only read one. Yeah, there was eight and nine. Oh, I didn't even notice. Yeah, they they both sucked. I The one I liked, I liked okay, actually. Whichever one I read. Which was the one where he was going to the zoo and going bowling with his friend. I'm pretty sure that's eight. Okay, and C9. Okay. I I just didn't, I didn't like him. What was the other one about, out of curiosity? It's setting up an actual villain for the story where it's Mintama emailing or like sending a status report on Rina being like, yeah, she's followed by like 100 spirits and I've exercised like four. And he ends up going on a thing to, or he takes her to haunted places to try and scare, like, if I could show her the scarier side of spirits. Uh, and so she ends up making friends with all these, like, scary spirits, and they all start following her around because, of course. And she's like, well, I mean, you know, it's mostly been me by myself, so it's kind of nice to go out with, like, somebody and go have fun. And she was like, yeah, that was that was a really nice day. And then later on, this dude shows up, and he's like, hi, we're here to kidnap you. That happens in uh, the chapter I read. Did you? Yeah, that the, the, the kidnapping part, not the rest of it. Okay. Just the hi, I'm here to kidnap you. Was at the end of the chapter I read. So maybe the f- maybe it was the order was maybe. Reversed. Well, no, yeah, maybe eight is the one where he takes her around town, showing her all of the haunted spots, and then for nine, they have the hi, I'm here to kidnap you. I put Tokyo Shinobi Squad at seventeen because boy, can I just not care. Yep. No matter how hard I try. So technically, I rated eighteen chapters here because I listed both of those as separate, gotcha. and I have. Mintama, Mintama, Tokyo, and my other one, all at 18. <laughs> I was That's just not like, how math works. <laughs> that isn't how math works, but I'm like, I, I, I can't decide which one of you I hate more, so you will all be at the bottom. So Tokyo Shinobi was, because I, I did slightly order them, was actually higher than Mintama, but not by much. Okay. I was just, I was annoyed by the, oh, it turns out this guy's the bad guy. I was like, well, of course. He literally said at the start of it, everyone is a terrorist here. Yeah. Like, every single person living in this town is a terrorist. You you live here, thus are terrorists. Uh-huh. And just like, oh, Jin won't forgive terrorists. I'm like, I, I just, I don't care at all about any of this. Nope. Okay. I have double Taisei at number 16. Same. Because, I mean... It's bad. Like it, it, You predicted it. I guess you called it, but you called the least interesting twist that could have happened. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I would have liked it better instead of it being, well, no, this is his grandfather's grave as no, we had already paid the head. He had already paid the headman. So they put that tombstone in like that would have been at least funny. Yeah, it turned out he didn't die and he's going to keep playing Shogi and it, it was all a lie. They just pretend that all the heirs are exactly the same. Yep. I was like, of course. Why not? Sure. Whatever. We just Can we be done now? It went above Tokyo Shinobi Squad for me, though, because I did like the ending where Haga shows up as... As t- uh, Taito. And <laughs> yeah. is like, I am Haga. <laughs> yeah. I, that was pretty good. Yeah. Well, the other guy's like, Taisei, your, your match isn't with me. <laughs> You're over there. It's like, no, I am I, Haga. I, 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 what do you have at 15? Double Taisei. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like... True. I was I was like because I was confused because partly because I have eighteen 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 I was like 
No, I have one other before the what? Oh, you're right because we didn't have we didn't both okay, hate Nintamo. Right. So you're right. I have Beast Children at 15 actually because again okay. I just couldn't care about it. Yep. This chapter really did nothing for me. Yeah, it's my number 14. I I was like okay, so it's like yeah rugby, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. I used to my number 14. 14. Yep. Is Mission Yuzakura Family actually? I didn't hate it. It just kind of. It wasn't at all funny to me, and the state like I got the twist immediately when I was reading it. Yeah, it's and it my, just was kind of a nothing chapter. Yeah, it's my number thirteen, for a lot of the same reason. Like, aha! I'm a secret government dude who has figured out your secret. What? No. It, like, of course you're not. Of course this has all been a test. But yeah, so it was okay. It just wasn't that great. Uh, okay, at 13, I put Jujutsu Kaisen. It's got some pretty good battle stuff. I like the puppet, mm-hmm. but I found it hard to follow, and I just, I don't care about Jujutsu Kaisen's present, it turns out. Gotcha. I actually have Yui Kimio down at number 12. I just thought it was weird. Like, so it's like, oh yeah, clearly these dudes are being affected by Mushi, and I don't know, just not, a bunch of stuff just didn't click. It was like, it lacked the kind of, fun weird battle thing that has been going on kind of recently in Yui Kamiyo. I can see where you're coming from. Yui Kamiyo is definitely not a consistent series. Yeah. Like it, it's not like it was bad. It just kind of it went down the list because of that. Uh-huh. I didn't put it too much higher. Number 12 arrived me Thomas Security though. So like I thought the emotions were okay in it. I didn't hate it like I expected to. Because think, it's Mikama security. And I'm curious about this new villain they're setting up. I think part of the thing is, and I tend to do this with chapters, it's like, well, I didn't like the previous eight chapters. So even though this one is showing a slight glimmer of hope, I'm like, no, you're just going to quash it next week. So I'm not going to give in. I mean, a lot of it is I really didn't like Tokyo Shinobi Squad, Double Taisei, Beast Children, or Mission Yuzakura Family this week. I got you. So I actually have One Piece down at number 11. Just because of that kind of like... I. I really feel like you kind of mishandled this. It felt like that bleach anime thing where it was like, so you want to know what happens through the rest of the Hoikomundo arc? Too bad. We're going to go on a filler season. Like that's, that's not exactly what's happening, but I have that small feeling of like, so we were going to figure out what Luffy did only. No, we're going to go into another flashback. Yeah. And it's like the whole setup is really weird. It's a bizarre choice. Yeah. I wonder if it's like modeled after some Japanese play that we don't have the context for or something. It could be totally possible. It has that kabuki feeling to it. Yeah. I have Dr. Stone at 11. I'm having trouble remembering what happened in Dr. Stone this week. There were some spear tricks. Oh, I remember why I put it this low. The reveal at the end, I just found really, really hard to parse. Where it's like the close-up of the village elder with, I'm pretty sure, a communication device in his ear. Yeah. But I just found it really difficult to read what was going on. I had the exact opposite feeling. I thought it was really cool where it was like the village elder was being like, you know why I got in charge or you know why I've stayed in charge this whole time is because I'm cunning enough to know that not everybody actually fears me. And so he was like, I've been playing you guys for saps all along kind of thing. And also the fact that it looks like she's thrown a completely different device. Yeah, I got that. Like I said, I just found it hard to parse. Yep. I I thought it was very cool. So my number 10 was Black Clover. And I think it was just kind of the, all right, we're going to go, you know, welcome to the kingdom. And then bam, let's separate Asta from everyone else. 
Oh, I like. I, I mean, it hasn't happened yet. I really hope this is like the reverse of a bleach arc, and that all the girls have to go rescue Asta. That'd be because that kind of seems like it might be setting up to me. And that's what I want is for Noel and Mimosa and Bird, who is conspicuously absent from this chapter. Nora, yeah, to have to go rescue an Asta, and Fenrir can come too. Yep, that like that would be cool. And it's not like Black Clover was bad. I did like the the one guy that they're fighting, kind of like grading their magic. Like, oh, you're a tier three major. Like, you have tier three magic. You have tier one magic, which I thought was pretty cool. Like, oh, our kingdom has been acquiring magic to the point where we have a grading system for it, which is neat. What was your number 10? I have Yui Kamiyo at number 10. I liked the stuff with the chick whose name I can't remember now, but Kara, there we go. Yep. I was like the Kara stuff and she's like, oh, no, you're supposed to be looking at me. I can't believe you used other girls to get to me. Yeah. That that stuff all worked for me. Uh, Definitely the fight stuff was just kind of eh, though. Yeah. Like, it, it wasn't a bad chapter. And I'm curious about the Yui Kamiyo thing with, like, the third girl in the mirror. Well, who, I mean, is almost certainly just the midpoint between the two, but. What? No, the third girl in the mirror is the girl that's trapped in the mirror palace. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah, I forgot about girl. her. I literally forgot about her. Until you <laughs> yeah, I was around. like, yeah, he, he literally saw the girl that's been trapped in the mirror palace because Yui Kamiyo was looking into the mirror to try and be like, I want to talk to Yui in black again, like we did that one time. And then that girl showed up and she was like, huh, what? What do you have at nine? At number nine, I have Jujutsu Kaisen because the giant mecha was neat. And I like the fact that he's like, I've been I've been storing up energy for like six years. So the power source of the thing is like literally six years. Like, all right, use a one year blast, which is uh, was kind of neat. Like, oh, this is all the power I've stored up an entire year. Yeah. Like I said, I just thought it was neat with the giant mecha thing and him being like, all right. I just need to contact Gojo Sensei, and he'll fix everything. <laughs> I have Demon Slayer at nine. I imagine you have it quite a bit higher. Like I said, yep. the emotional stuff didn't really land for me, but I appreciate that it was there. Yep. So I have Chainsaw Man at number eight. That was a twist. Yeah, I'm. I put it really high in part because I, a lot of stuff this week, like I've kind of been getting at, didn't do a lot for me. Mm-hmm. But also, it went in a very different direction from what I was expecting, which is all I want. Yeah, it was very cool. I read the comments to see that she's speaking Russian and she's singing a song that apparently the author, like, Google translated himself. Like, he, <laughs> he came up with a song and then, like, translated it into Russian. It's not, gotcha. she's not, like, singing a Russian song. Gotcha. Okay. Anyway, the chick that Denji has a crush on now is evil. Question mark? Yes. She's so powerful, the demon that was trying to contract somebody to go kill Denji is like, oh, I apologize. Yeah. Lady Riza, or Rize, however you say her name. Yeah, and she's like, no, nah, it's cool, just do me a favor. Yep. So, yeah, I, I thought it was neat. Yeah. I put it pretty high this week, actually. I have one piece at number eight we kind of talked about. Yep. Why? It's had some cool art stuff, though. It had some, like, funny stuff with Luffy dressing up as a samurai, which doesn't add much to the plot. But, like I said, a lot of stuff this week didn't do much for me. Mm. So that at least made me smile. I have The Promised Neverland at number seven. It just, it was weird and confusing, but, like, in a good way. Just kind of like the making you go, hmm, what does this all mean? With some really interesting art of, like, the giant monster made up of everything that the, everybody that the queen's eaten. So it's like, oh, here are some of the kids from Grace Field. 
here's uh isabella isabella yeah the mother to be that sounds really weird but that that was like basically her position the mother apprentice yes the mother apprentice i thought that was really neat and then the kind of reveal of like what if the royals have two cores i have act agent number seven again we talked about why i think it was kind of a misstep of a chapter this week but at least it was moving stuff forward which is why it went above one piece yeah i have it at number six i I, I promise never land at number six because someone chopped off their arm and threw it at someone like a grenade into their mouth like it was basketball to stop them from going on a murder rampage. Yep. And that deserves number six. So I have We Never Learn at number five. I do as well. And We Never Learn is up is the stuff that I really liked. I'd like to promise Neverland and Act Age okay. Mm-hmm. We Never Learn enough is like, oh yeah, here's Shonen Jump. Yep. It was just really cute, solid We Never Learn. So I have Dr. Stone at number four. And I just, like I said, I really liked that reveal of the old guy being like, I actually have a communication device and have been listening in. And the reason that I've stayed in power is I'm not an idiot and hasn't and haven't like fallen back on my laurels. Like, all right, I've, you know, reclaimed the throne. I've claimed the throne. But I've got to realize that just because I'm sit- like I managed to kick off the guy who was sitting here earlier. So I need to be wary of someone else doing that to me it was really cool. I have Black Clover at number four, because again, I like where it's going. I like the battle that was in it, and I like how quickly this arc has kind of got going. Yeah, that's nice. So I have Samurai 8 at number three. A really solid chapter with Hachimaru kind of like, oh yeah, the fighting game that I've been playing, I'm I'm last starfightering it, where it's like the video game that I'm really good at has actually been training all along to be, be a samurai. And he's in a very video game situation since they put him in a Fortnite. Yes. Even though he did not, he was not the best out of Fortnite. I have Chainsaw Man at number three. Gotcha. Uh, again, I just really like that it went in a different direction than I was expecting. Yeah, I I did really enjoy it. I have Demon Slayer at number two. I really like the a lot of the emotions, and because I know the characters more, I connected more with them. Yeah, like I said, I think if I had gone through the, with those characters a bit more. And I, I mean, I knew they were brothers in this arc, but and like I said, the death kind of came out of nowhere for me because I didn't realize you didn't realize he l- couldn't regenerate his power. Yeah, yeah. It was like when he was still alive, when cut in half was a big emotional moment for me. Where it's like, oh, he's still trying, even though he's literally been cut in half. I have Samurai in at number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about it enough, I think. I'm excited for next week's chapter, and I liked the end stuff. Yep. And so we have my hero at number one because. Man, that was a solid chapter. Because Deku and Endeavor got to talk, and that's good. And then Endeavor got to be a sad dad. Yep. I also really like the Bakugo thing of him being like, all right, what are you here for? I'm here to find out what I can't do. Like, oh, he's maturing as a person. But he's still a cocky person. Yes. All right. That does it for Jump Card. Which means all we have left is to talk about Magical Girl Apocalypse after the break. So we read Magical Girl Apocalypse this week on your, I was going to say recommendation, but that's not the right word. No, under on my random throwing something at a dartboard and being like, uh, that one. 
So what do you think of where your dart landed? It's weird. I'm still kind of interested in reading more, maybe not necessarily for the podcast. Actually, almost definitely not for the podcast. Because I feel like I don't have much to say about this. I found it really disappointing. Just the When I was looking at horror manga, this also came up. And I'm a big magical girl guy, but just the art style kind of was like, I don't think this is for me. Yeah. And the, I think the art's bad, but that's not really the biggest problem with this. I think the thing that's most disappointing to me is it's really just a zombie apocalypse story. Yep. With just, they call them magical girls instead of zombies? Well, no, it, like, there are, because there are the actual magical girls that are different from the reanimated corpses. Yeah, I guess my problem is nothing about them makes them, like, Majo Shoji-style magical girls. They are using the literal words, girls that are magical. Yeah. But they're not caught up in any of the tropes of the genre. Well, there's the the first magical girl that they meet is the actually has, like, a wand-type thing. Yeah, but, but it's more like a mace. I mean, it's definitely got actually, kind of a whimsical look to it. When I was, I was reading up on a bunch of stuff, and it's actually supposed to be more like a wand. Like... She makes it look like she's just swinging it super hard and causing people to explode. But apparently it's literally just if you touch something, it explodes. Like, she's not actually swinging it so hard that it's going through people. She's just touching them and they explode. It's like, it, it didn't really come across. No, not well. at all. It looks like she's like a murder beast in her little Lolita body. Yeah, which I've seen before. So it's just one of those, like I said, is kind of weird. I was reading somebody talking about a review where it's like, it's like High School of the Dead. Yeah, okay, I could see that. I haven't read slash watched High School of the Dead, but I believe that. It's a zombie harem anime. <laughs> yeah, this is not much of a harem. I guess at the end, he's with four girls, so. Well, it's more the fact that there's like a ton of like panty shots and like. Fan service. Fan service built into it. Like, it's not like a, an actual harem anime, but. High School of the Dead is like that, where it's a zombie fan service anime, is a better way to describe it. Yeah, I guess I was just really disappointed by how unimportant the magical girls are to this story. Yeah. And as a zombie apparently story... They get, oh. Apparently they get more important, I think, but the first volume is definitely like, so this is literally just a zombie apocalypse with fan service. Like, and it, like I haven't read High School of the Dead, but I've seen a bit of it. I was like, so it's it's like this? Yeah, but with magical girls. But not really. But not, yeah, but With not really. special zombies that are girls. Yes. Who can use magic. Yeah. I also, like, don't find the the cast of characters to be particularly interesting. No. And in a horror movie style, they're killing them off real quick. Yep. I don't know if that continues through later volumes. I think they slowly start to stick around, because that was one of the things that, like, in a zombie apocalypse, it's fine to murder off characters, but, like, all right. These are the survivors hanging out in this, like, home ec room. And two of them die before we even learn their names. And they die in such a way that I had to go back and figure out that they died basically by being like, wait, they're not in the car anymore? Yeah. Because they, they get incinerated. But it was like, did which two got incinerated? Oh, that guy and that girl? Okay. I and that's what I was talking about when I said the art is bad. The action yep. is just always so unclear. Yeah. And often... I don't want to say nonsensical, because that's not a fault of the art. But there's a bit where they're escaping in a car and being chased by a magical girl with fire powers. Yep. So the main character throws a bottle of booze at her, so if she explodes. Yep. But which I guess, like, I see how you get there, but, like, it was not like she was fire. Well, I think it just, it ha she happened to be 
shooting fire at it kind yeah, of thing. I, I understand, but the art again yeah, is not not conveyed well. Um, one of the things that so I just apparently seen this in like promotion for Maho Shoujo at the end is it's this like tiny little magical girl head on this hulking muscular body which is apparently one of the other magical girls and i was like oh she wasn't even in this volume like i must have seen one of the other covers for one of the other volumes and i was just like oh she's she's not even there like i wanted to see the this like hulking brute of a man like super bodybuilder dude with this tiny little girl's head like supplanted on top yeah and I mean, it likes grotesque imagery like that, but I didn't find the horror drawings to be particularly interesting, like all the viscera and stuff. Yeah. Nor did I find the fan service particularly titillating. No. I mean, I'm not here for that anyway, but I am a red-blooded male. Sometimes I like that sort of thing. Yep. But it is that weird dichotomy of having the viscera, like, oh, look, it's a panty shot of this girl who's been cut in half. Like, That's not what I'm into. I, I So I understand it's somebody's fetish. Yeah, but I don't know. I found it really disappointing, and I did not have high expectations going in. Yeah, same. Like I said, I don't want to read it for the podcast. I'll maybe pick it up and see if it gets any better, but like thinking about it more, I'm like, eh, probably not, because I have a ton of other stuff to do. Yeah, and again, it's just kind of a zombie story, and I found that really disappointing. Yeah, I was expecting more magical girl in my magical girl apocalypse, yeah, manga we'll play with some of those ideas, yeah, because it feels like it's just a marketing thing, or like my twist on zombies is they're magical girls. Yep, cool. I guess the the one twist thing that I kind of liked is when the magical girls kill the people, they start like gaining her clothes when they are turning into zombies. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, so they actually do all look like they start looking like magical girls because like. You know, the goth Lolita girl kills a bunch of them, and then people start growing these black dresses. I was like, that's kind of neat, but not that neat. Anything else you want to say about Magical Girl Apocalypse? No, not really. Okay, so we are going for shortest episode ever. Yep. All we have left is Personality Power Level. Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? Personality Power Level is the segment where we rank characters from best to worst. At the top is Uzumaki Naruto who would be a great magical girl. At the bottom is that guy who's not Yamcha from that time he got reincarnated as Yamcha. who's the Yamcha magical girl. Yes. And then in the center is Red from Pokemon Adventures. So the main character is Kogami Ki, and we didn't talk about him at all because he's just a boring guy. Yep, he's a piece of milk toast. I found him very similar to Kuren Okay. Even his name is practically the same. Yeah. From Gantz. I like him a little more because he's a little bit less of a piece of filth. Yeah, he's more of like, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to have anything bothersome happen. And he was less of an asshole about that. Like he, because he does actually jump in to help people. He's kind of like, I want to avoid situations that like require effort or are going to be a pain. But if I see it happening, unlike the, the guy from Gantz where he was like, well, now somebody else will do it. And it was his friend calling him over that finally got him in. He's like, well, no, I can't I can't just leave her alone. I've got to do something. So he at least had that slight bit of advantage of like, well, you're not a total asshole, but you're just lazy, which is fair. 
I still don't think I like him as much as Kenzaki now from Liar's Game, though. He's right above. No, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. L- like I said, he's slightly above the guy from Gan. Like, I'm not saying that that's where he needs to be, but he's still that. I, I just, I want to, like, you know, I want to chill in my room and play video games all day. Like, like I understand, man, but y- you can't. Yeah. Like, if, you're, if your friend is getting attacked by bullies, you should say, hey, cut it out. Yeah. Okay. So that was easy. All right. What are we going to read next week, Kevin? So next week, we're going to be reading My Hero Volume 3. Because we're going to spend all November reading My Hero Academia. Because that is one of the things that really inspired me to do this podcast. And so we're very thankful for it. It's not just a desperate attempt to get in Google searches while everyone's very excited about My Hero Academia. Yep. It's also kind of a thing of... We're, we're testing new formats for the yes. podcast for what we might be doing in the future. So we're going to see what reading the same thing all month looks like. Yeah, because like even jumping from volume one to volume two of My Hero was weird because they happened not quite a year apart, but almost like 10 months apart. And so it'll be interesting to see how we go from volume to volume over the course of weeks as opposed to months. Until then, our opening theme is Fighting Against One's Will by Midair Machine. Our closing theme is A Psychic's Fist Fight by Tommy W. Emerit. Other music is by Spectacular Sound Productions. And our album art is by Kate Wind on DeviantArt. If you want to help people find us while we talk about My Hero Academia, a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your podcaster of choice would really, really help us out. And we would really appreciate that. Is there anything you'd like to plug this week, Kevin? Yeah, so right now Hasbro is currently running Ponies the Galloping which are three special limited edition My Little Pony Magic the Gathering cards. And they're doing this as a Extra Life charity event. So the three, it's four, you get four cards for 50 bucks and 30 bucks of that go to Extra Life. So if you're interested in either of those things or like me and you're interested in both of those things and kind of want them just to have them, they're only going to be available from now until I want to say it's like November 22nd. So go ahead and pick those up. The art looks really cool. They're silver-boarded cards, so they're not going to be playable in most regular tournaments, but they're going to be more of like a collector's item. Kind of like, yeah, I joined in on the Ponies the Galloping. Four seems really weird to me. It seems like you either do five because Magic or six because My Little Pony. Yeah, but I kind of get it. Like, they mainly did, they're like, here's three, and then I think there's one, like, alternate art kind of style card it does seem a little weird but maybe that's all they were able to get out of the commission artists like because they they pay artists to do their art yeah so it does seem weird that you wouldn't do six i think it's like rarity i know is one of them i think the other one is princess luna and then princess cadence that is a weird trio yeah all right we will see you guys next week Yeah.
Never know.